The Retro Buzz starts right after this. Hey guys, it's Friday, so you know what time it is. It's time for the Retro Buzz, and we've got a great show lined up for you today. But first, I want to introduce the panelists that we have today. We've got Mr. Glenn Planamento from YouTube.com slash, no, not TurboGrafx-16, Glenn's Retro Show. Nice. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh, the war is going to start already. We've got also, we've got, we've got with us um, Mr. Doug <laughs> Smith from uh, Cool Hello. Toy. Pleasure to be here. <laughs> and before we introduce, <laughs> before we introduce, um, before we introduce our special guest, I gotta say, last week people had were asking. Glenn, you asked. You said, "How did it work?" You the TurboGrafx sixteen, because I I can't even hold a candle to to our guest. He's got like two hundred consoles. But getting the TurboGrafx sixteen, I've been streaming a lot of games this week. Getting it on Twitch, I'm kind of excited. I got both bonks. Really awesome, but I played the Saturn just as much as I played the TurboGrafx-16. Does that make you cry? No. The Saturn was another console that was very underappreciated, like the TurboGrafx-16 was, just like you know, even the Virtual Boy was. My, my point is that these consoles get such a bad rap out there, and people don't even play them. If you play them, as you can see for yourself, you're like, wow, these are really good. That's the point I'm trying to get across. It took a couple of weeks for it to happen. But that's what I really wanted you to see. That these consoles that people give such a bad rap to are not only not bad, they're excellent, as you're seeing for yourself. Doug, what's your response to this? I love how he's sugar-coating it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I defused him. He can't, yeah. he can't say nothing. He's going to gloss completely over the fact that he claimed that the Turbo Graphics was far superior to the Sega Genesis. He's just going to omit that from the record completely. <laughs> No, no, I still, I still believe that from a technical standpoint, graphically, graphic engine, it is. Point blank. CPU-wise, not necessarily, but All right. graphically. So let's get let's get the opinion of our guest today. We've got joining us John Lester, as you guys know him, is Gamester81 from Gamester81.com. Welcome, sir. Welcome. Oh, you're muted there, bud. I think you might have accidentally <laughs> muted. Well, because he we didn't introduce him right away, so I think he just muted it right quick. Oh, sounded like he was getting. Hi, out. I want. I want to say yes. Glenn's correct. <laughs> no, he's not saying that. I think he just. It it just muted. All right, he's gonna work on that. See, the, the Sega Corporation just, of America literally just cut off John from answering the truth. That's proof right there. We just we had John. We had John a little bit. Uh, John, whenever you get your audio back, just. Jump in. In the meantime, Glenn, why don't you talk about your project while we get John back with his, with his audio that you... Okay, got... Oh, there we go. We got John. Here we go. Johnny's back. Well, my Yeti uh, mic is not working for some reason, so I'm on my uh, internal 
But that, how's, how's it going? Good to, be, good to be here, guys. Thank you for, so much for having me. No, it's great. It's great to have you. So you got to settle this discussion. So the last couple of weeks, I so let's set the the stage. Doug and I both pre-ordered, and Glenn finally got around to doing it last week. The TurboGrafx 16 Mini. Okay. Doug has been on the waiting list for a year. He pre-ordered a year ago. I just did it like back at the end of January because of Doug. It's all his fault. Yeah, and, yeah, and thanks for making me order it now. I could have got it from Japan tomorrow. Well, and I gotta wait. okay, all right. Before we get, no, no. Before we get in that, so Glenn's trying to say that it's farther, it's more superior than the Sega systems that are out there, and he wanted to know if I played the Turbo Graphics more than the Sega Saturn. Which one is more okay. superior in your opinion? In my opinion, you can't compare the two because it's not, it's not, it's apples and oranges. They're way different. Now, if you were to compare the TurboGrafx-16 to, like, the Sega Genesis, that'd be one thing, or the Super Nintendo, or the NES, that's one thing. But uh, the Saturn, they're both good, great systems. I love the Saturn. I love the TurboGrafx-16. It's it's hard to compare the two, though, because they're totally different systems. Doug, so let's, let's compare I, it to the, yeah, the wait Genesis. Wait a second here. I never said yeah. that the TurboGrafx was better than the Sega, Gen uh, Sega yes. Saturn. Yes, you did. Yeah. Never said that. I said Genesis, my friend. Never no. Said Saturn. Now Saturn. he's backpedaling. Back system. You got your smoking crack. You smoking crack, and you got to stop. <laughs> Glenn, did I, I do believe I, I, I do uh, agree with Glenn, though. I, I do believe that the Turbo Graphics was totally underlooked and underappreciated. So, it is a good, good system, <laughs> and those who played it uh, will enjoy it. And I'm, I'm excited for the mini. I haven't. Got, I ordered my pre-ordered mine a while ago, like you guys, and I'm still waiting for like you guys are. But hopefully, it will bring uh, a new uh, spotlight to a great console. Well, and, and I will say this, and, and you guys can, can add to this or not. Right now, um, P-Dubs announced it last week when he came on. He said about, like, you can order it from Japan. You can get it tomorrow. I know Patton plays. He got his already. Rostalgia got his already. Glenn, you said. Hmm. Um, if you order yep. it from Japan. Matt Little Pixel got his. Matt Little, you can pay $11, and you can have it in three days, apparently. That's that's um, the cost. So Interesting. if you didn't pre-order it yet, and you weren't stupid like all of us that seem to pre-order things and not get them until way after the release, um, you can go do that and, and get it. But I, I did want to bring something up that I thought would be good discussion for the three of us. What I'm noticing more and more, that the two underrated systems, if you count the Dreamcast, the three underrated systems, they're the most rarest, hardest-to-find games and systems, and the prices are through the roof on these systems that right. nobody wanted back right. in the day. Glenn, why? Right. Why? Well, because, again, you've got to think of when the TurboGrafx-16 came out, right? It's, it's They were touting it as a 16-bit console, and it's not. The CPU is an 8-bit and, and enhanced NES processor, but it's got a 16-bit graphic engine. It had great support in Japan, but as we know, Nintendo had a stranglehold on people on this part of the world, so they couldn't release the same games that they could have and showed it was superior than the NES. So that hurt them in one respect. The other was just the 90s being the 90s. The the marketing was, was you know, <laughs> it, was, it was the 90s kind of marketing, and it didn't really help them. But the console itself, it's actually a really good console. Hardware-wise, graphically, sounds, and the games. A lot of the games from Japan, if you can get them. Um, but it, there's still good ones in, in America. Like, here's a prime example right here. I was showing it before. Ease 4 never came to the States but I've actually got a patch to make it English. Fantastic game. Never made it here because it basically stayed in Japan. There was a lot of games like that. So the same thing is going on with, you know, like the Dreamcast is 
well, kind of different what happened with that one. But these machines, people are realizing, you know what? There's articles in, in uh, Electronic Gaming Magazine. Or my friend who had a Sega Genesis and NES said it was garbage, so I didn't buy it. But now when I'm seeing it and playing it, there's good games. And now it's not that many. It's hard yep. to find them. They are. So now it's the hunt's on. Do you, I agree. Do you want to add to that, uh, Mr. Doug? Because you and I, neither of us, neither of us grew up with this. We never, everybody had Nintendo. So we okay, all. I'm old again. Thanks. Sega, we, when you borrow games, <laughs> we didn't go out and rent games. At least I didn't. I always borrowed my friends. Like I'd trade them. Like, here, you take this for a week. I'll take this for a week and play it. Nobody had a TurboGrafx-16. Was that the case with you? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, I purposely never grew up with anybody that I knew that had one. Um, going to the video stores to rent video games and things like that, I never saw a shelf or even you know, yeah. anything TurboGrafx-16, uh, Neo Geo, just a lot of these more rare, obscure home console systems. They just didn't get any love, at least in my part of the country. So... I, I was never exposed to it. I missed out on it completely. My only exposure to these systems were seeing them in video game magazines like Electronic Gaming Monthly, like Glenn said. But I think a lot of why we're seeing the prices go up is grassroots campaigns from people like Glenn <laughs> trying to drive the prices up, <laughs> overhyping these things, and trying to make well, them seem far superior than they really are. I think I think another reason why they're they're expensive is because there's not as many out there, right? Everyone had an NES, yeah, right. Mm -hmm. um, not many people had a TurboGrafx-16, to your point. Now, did you guys know have anyone, or did you guys know anyone who had a TurboGrafx Express, like a Turbo Express? That's even more hard. I had one. What? I had one, and the girlfriend stole it. It's gone. It's in Montana right. at this point. It's it's history. I have a fake but one right now. But that thing was way ahead of its time. I mean, that was so cool back in the day. It's still even cool today. Um, but that's super cool technology back then. So I yes, I hacked my Vita. Because obviously they stopped. I did like a soft mod where you can keep it and it keeps everything still stocked so mm -hmm. you can play games. I have Nintendo, Sega, and I have Turbo Graphics on it, and it plays. So I was stoked with that. I was like, "This is awesome!" Yeah. <laughs> because it's bigger, better screen than what the Express is. But three hundred and fifty right. bucks, and some people are saying the caps aren't lasting in them, and they have to be recapped. Mm. Well, anything from that generation, you're gonna have to recap. It was just the yeah. 90s were notorious for bad caps. So if you have anything from that generation, you're going to want to do it because if you don't, those caps are yep. going to leak. They're going to corrode. They're going to eat the board, and then you will have nothing for the shell. And it's not bad. 55 bucks. Some some guys I've seen that they're recapping because right. yeah, I, that's good. I seen a couple guys that were selling them for 175 but they need recapping. And every time I go to buy it, it sells really quick. So if you guys see right. one, buy it. Fifty-five dollars. Another recap. thing too to remember, to remember, people do these recappings. A lot of times, especially like the Turbo Express, they're surface mount caps, and a lot of times they do not cap it with surface mount caps. They use standard caps and they bend them over, and that puts a lot of strain on the uh, on the the motherboard. So if someone's going to be recapping it for you, make sure if it's a surface mount cap, they're putting surface mount caps where they're supposed to, not using standard through the hole caps on those spots. Although, of course, I'm yeah. the kind of guy who uses that but if you're paying for it you want to make sure you're getting it the right way not the glenn way that's a good point i know i know the audio is a big issue too on, on the expresses too they tend to go out pretty common now do you ha do you have one an express yeah i have i have i have an express and i have uh the uh pc engine equivalent as well glenn. uh gt yeah the gt yeah glenn he's just one up yeah, he just one up to you 
Oh, he's one that me in a lot of areas. Uh, I'm not. I'm well, not you got one up behind you. So <laughs> yeah, I got, you got one, one up behind you. <laughs> but the one cool thing, the one cool thing I'll say about Sega, but they kind of did in Sega, didn't necessarily do in uh, NEC, who was manufacturing, was that uh, Hudson Soft had NEC as a partner. And NEC was a very big electronics manufacturer. I mean, Sega was a game company, mm-hmm. but NEC was a big computer manufacturer. All these things. So they did the Turbo. Uh, uh, Turbo Express, the Turbo GT, then they had the PC Engine. I forgot what they called it. It was actually the PC Engine with a screen that came up on top of it. They had all these different yeah. type of designs. And they had, of course, the very first CD-ROM unit was the PC Engine and the Turbo Graphics, very first one. Right. And then they had the one that was built in, the t- Turbo Duo. So they had all these different technologies out there. And like uh, Gamester said a moment ago, that Turbo Express was way ahead of its time because not only did it was it a portable unit? There was a portable unit that took the standard game cartridges, which of course they started doing other things, but the screen that was used in there was light years ahead of what they had in the Nomad, the Atari Lynx, uh, the Game Gear. There was no comparison. I think games you'll agree with me that that screen in that thing was far in advance of the rest. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, show that uh, box again, if you don't mind, the TurboGrafx-16 box. I want to mention something. I don't know if you've mentioned, noticed it before or not. Does that not look like Zach Morris from Say by the Bell? Yes, I thought that too. <laughs> I, you know what? It's totally Zach. It was a couple. It was a couple weeks ago. I think I seen the box for the first time because I was trying to get it because nobody has a box of it. And Glenn showed it, and I, right after the show, that was immediately what I did. I went look. I'm like, dang, that looks. Like, is that really him? Is that the guy that played Zach? No, it's not. Mark no, it's, it's a no, doppelganger. No. It's a doppelganger, but uh, it looks wow. like him. Wow, stunt double. Yeah, that's that. Yeah. So, speaking of which, we said about you having multiple consoles. For those that don't know who you are, John, why don't you tell a little bit about you and, and what you do and why you couldn't settle this argument because Doug and I thought we had you on our side, but apparently it's not the case. It's, it's like picking your favorite child, man. It's hard to pick your favorite. Cause, <laughs> there you, know, you go. The, the, the Saturn is it's, it's a, little, a little younger than the, you know, even though it's kind of old. Uh, but no, for, for me myself, I had a YouTube channel. It's, it's Game Thirty One. I started about ten years ago now, uh, and I just basically got a camera when I got married. Married my wife, and my parents gave me a camera and trying to do some research on on consoles at the time. And there really wasn't much information about these these consoles. And just started doing you know filming and doing some research and talking about these consoles. And that's how my my channel kind of uh, grew from there. So that's it's been great, man. It's been a great ride. And back uh, six seven years ago, I became co owner of collector vision games which is we make homebrew games and, and new new games for modern co- modern consoles as well and then uh 2015 i started a gaming expo called game on expo out in phoenix arizona where i live so i kind of wear multiple caps i'm a big star wars guy as well i, I collect star wars figures my, my star wars <laughs> collection is actually, actually bigger than my my gaming collection believe it or not so that's and, my first and you love, have a but... youtube channel you also have a youtube channel for that too correct I do Star Wars Nut seventy seven and uh, yep on YouTube and Twitter and, and uh, Facebook and all that good stuff for that too yeah. Well, at least he's a smart so, man. He's a he's a Star Wars collector too. So at least yeah one of us one of us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, with with, with Collectivision Games, you know, we started making ColecoVision. That's my that's my first love. Honestly, is a ColecoVision and talk about an underrated console. That's my oh, yeah. number one underrated console of all time. It's a ColecoVision. So. Uh, it's there's some really I'm a big arcade guy. I know you guys are big based on what I'm seeing behind you. I know you guys are big arcade guys too. So if you haven't played the ColecoVision, 
definitely check it out. There's a lot of great ports for the ColecoVision. Um, and so that's how I kind of got connected with those guys because I got, long story short, I made my own ColecoVision game called Game Straight One, the video game, and got connected with, with JF and Toby and became a co-owner of the company. And we've kind of, since I've joined, we've expanded to NES and to uh, Sega Master System, to Atari 2600, to the Switch, to Steam, et cetera. And I'm, I have this pulled up right here. I mean, these are you're still producing these games for these older consoles. Correct, yeah. So we are the only, to my knowledge, we're the only company, I know at least in the Americas, I'm not sure quite in Europe, but that own uh, an actual ColecoVision cartridge mold. So we, we make them in-house. We, uh, you know, everything's original. So like this is our new City Hunter, Christopher, Caverns of Death for the Super Nintendo. Uh, those are original molds. Um, so we don't recycle any old cards or anything. The only situation where we actually did that was for the Sega Master System because there's just no molds out there for that. So that was a pretty limited run that we did there. I'm gonna see if I'll pull if I can pull that up there. The because you're you're low stock on that right now. So let's see if we can pull that up. It there, crashed our site. I was shocked on the demand for this game. It crashed our site twice when wow. we put them up. Our our That's site a good thing crashed. That so yeah, I mean there's there's definitely a lot of demand for Sega Master System, and that's another system that you know. Glenn, to your point, you know, with Nintendo having dominated the market, uh, you know, you go to countries like Brazil and Europe, and there's a lot of great ports for the Sega Master System. I mean, I have like Street Fighter 2 for the Sega Master System, and I have, uh, you know, there's uh, Golden Axe Warrior, which is a great adventure game, almost like a, a Zelda clone. Um, so there's a lot of overlooked games for that. But unfortunately, in North America, the system was just non, non-existent right. because Nintendo had right. dominance in the market share. So. So they're saying in the chat. So it's so weird. It's so weird because you know they did have such a monopoly that you know mm-hmm. Atari started a class action lawsuit, which they right. would have won easily, except Atari did a couple things shady behind the scenes. Oh, wow. kind they of, got uh, made it go the other way. Surprising, yeah. Atari did something shady back then, but they right. basically went to the patent office to get information on their NES lockout chip. Okay, so mm-hmm. they basically said we have we have a lawsuit going on with Nintendo. We need the stuff for our, you know, to, to go with the lawsuit, which was not the case. And they got all the schematics on the lockout chip and reverse engineered it. And of course, they went and had the lawsuit. The lawsuit found that they did this, and then of course they ruled for Nintendo. So Atari right. ended up paying Nintendo when they could have won hundred million dollars. They kind of paid the other way. Yeah. You sound bitter, Glenn. Yeah. <laughs> well, you well, know, back I, well, in the day, when... because yeah, go, yeah. John, go, go, going, yeah. Sorry, I was going to make a point where when Nintendo was first coming to North America and you know their first test market was New York, right? Uh, Nintendo yep. actually reached out to Atari to actually help, uh, you know, publish and produce the NES. Correct. And Atari Correct. Atari shot them down. You know, Atari shot them down. So you know, I'm sure if they had a time machine, they they're kicking themselves. You know, it's like one of those situations yep. with Nintendo and Sony with the PlayStation. You know, it could have totally changed history as we know it for video games. Correct. And Nintendo did at the time. People don't realize, especially kids today that Nintendo in the late 80s to early 90s was nothing spectacular. And Nintendo knew that. Atari right. still was a huge world phenomenon in name. So they did approach Atari, and Atari being Atari at the time, who they were, were basically trying to almost, I don't say rip them off, but they were trying to get everything and give them very little. And if you, anyone knows Nintendo, Nintendo don't play that game. Right. So it didn't end up working out, and Atari blew a huge deal. And a lot of people don't know, that Sega was going to do the same thing in certain markets with the Genesis. And again, Atari mm-hmm. was stupid. It didn't take the, take the bite. 
And well, here's Atari today with the VCS. That'll never be out. Or if it is, who cares? <laughs> or the hotels that are coming out. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that's cool, though, that independent developers and stuff are making games that for these old consoles that, that guys yeah. are still buying and collecting. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, we do we do something unique where we actually cross-port games. So when you program a game for the ColecoVision, it's totally different programming than for Super Nintendo, right? Or Genesis. In many cases, you got to change the sprites, you got to change the colors, this, the graphics. Um, so we, you know, Caverns of Death, for example, Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death, it's already out for the Super Nintendo. It's pretty much getting really close for the NES. Uh, Genesis is what we're working on. We, we have a, a port for... Uh, there's also City Hunter called uh, City Hunter and the Sacred Tribe, which is already out for the Commodore 64. We produce it for the, uh, and that's for disc, floppy disk, and cartridge, Commodore <laughs> 64. Uh, Sega Master System, we're working on an original Game Boy port of that game. Um, so it's just really interesting to, to port these games to like all these different platforms. It's kind of a pain in the ass, but we do it for the love of gaming and just the love of, of these retro consoles. So the question is, with all these with the stock getting low and sold out is that something you guys are going to replenish the stock of or once it's gone it's gone you're not you're not bringing it back uh for most games we like when we do like a ColecoVision game we probably do maybe 100 copies of a game i mean they're really pretty limited um and in most cases we don't do more but i think in the case of the sega master system given that there was so much demand we just got to re we got to restock on some shells get some new shells some donor carts and stuff like that but i think we do plan on making some more copies of that game even like the Super Nintendo and, consoles ones too. Uh, Super Nintendo, we we made them and we won't plan on making any more. Yeah, oh, wow. we we want to be sensitive too because, uh, I mean, we still have copies available, but we you know we want to be sensitive to the fact that you know people bought this game and if we keep making more and more and more, the the value gets less, you know. So yeah, um, we got to be sensitive to that too. So. And another thing too is you know they're making these old games, but. These are actually very quality games. I have some collector vision games myself. Oh, thank you. So thank the you. Programming, the programming on them is is very important. Some of these like ports uh, are excellent. I mean, they they have some arcade ports on there for like the ColecoVision that are just excellent. And it's actually when you look at it, number one, it's hard to believe someone was able to squeeze that out of that eight bit CPU and the and the right. VDP and the ColecoVision. It's amazing. So the yeah. programming is key, and that's why people do want to buy these games and play them because the games are good. Yeah, yeah. We we earlier this year we released uh, a new console. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. It's called the uh, Collector Vision Phoenix, and it's an FPGA uh, HD ColecoVision console. Um, so we'll play ColecoVision games. Uh, it also has a chip in it, so it actually increases the the memory and the graphics. So it actually looks more equivalent to an NES game quality game. So um, wow. really excited about that. We did the first batch. We already made them. We released them, shipped them out, and we're working on a second batch as we speak. Wow, Doug, and it's even more so. That, that, that also has the like the uh, Super Game module built in, correct? It does. It has a Super Game module built in. Yep. Yeah, it has a, right. uh, and, an adapter for Super Nintendo controller in case you want to use a Super Nintendo controller because right. ColecoVision controllers are very clunky and unreliable. <laughs> and Doug, I right. think so and it, and it I looks think... like a small. It looks like a small. ColecoVision as well. I mean, it's a the Phoenix is actually a really, really nice console. If you like those older games, and the the ColecoVision had an expansion module for the Atari 2600, so you have to purchase that. That's also built in, so you can right. play 2600 games, ColecoVision right. games. And it's just a really nice console. You guys did a, I, years working on that, right? 
Yeah, it's been it's been years. Yeah, it's open source too, so there'll be other um, built. So right now, you mentioned Atari Twenty Six Hundred. There'll be other ones too. I'm sure in television, uh, it has an SD card slot, so you can play ROMs on it too. So, but pretty pretty limited. I mean, the first batch we only did like seven hundred fifty of them, and probably only do no about seven hundred fifty for the the second batch as well, and that will be it, fifteen hundred total. So pretty limited. And and Glenn has half of your stock because that's why everything. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say to no, Doug. Yeah. yeah. All these but to get runs. those molds for those, it's not cheap, right? I mean, it, it, we, right. we don't have much markup on the, the system at all. We just we just make it just because um, we we have a passion for the for the system, ColecoVision, and we want just to expose it to more people. Hey Doug, can you read the comment in there from Shelton Sims in uh, Facebook that oh, he has gotcha. for John? For John, yeah, it says uh, John, how long is it taking to process orders for digital content on the Collector Vision website right now? I purchased the Collector Vision Vault ROM pack early this morning, and it still says status equals processing. I know COVID-19 is slowing things down, but I received the download leak almost immediately last time. Sydney Hunter on the Commodore. Okay, good question. Um, I don't have an answer for that, to be honest with you. I Toby, who handles all that, uh, would be the guy to ask. But I'll tell you what, if you can have him shoot me an email, uh, it's just or, or send me a, a message on Facebook. My email is just john.lester at gamester81.com or at collectorvision.com i'd be happy to look into that and get you an answer uh soon on that but uh i imagine it'll be soon if you just got it this morning so okay cool good question appreciate it yeah yeah, keep, yeah. just make sure you tell you guys are tagging glenn myself or doug or even john so he can go back and look at it later um yeah for sure sometimes we're watching three different chat rooms like right now there's if somebody can find the link to the japanese Turbo Graphics Mini, I know that's kind of what we talked about before. Somebody in the Twitch chat wanted the link. So if you could post it in one of the other chats that I can grab it, throw it in Twitch, that would be fantastic. But make sure you highlight us so we can see it pop up. I, I know YouTube has super chats, and I know you guys are always good with that, but sometimes we don't always see it, and you don't have to do a super chat in order to <laughs> tag us. We just want to make sure we see a particular yeah. comment that's coming through. For sure. So. So going. So John, you're. Oops, sorry. Oh, go ahead. Just, going on. I was saying. Just going to ask on. John. John, you're a man with many hats. You, you got, you know, the convention. You got the game development side, and you got mm -hmm. your personal collection. How do you divvy out your time for your passions and your work? Yeah, and I have a, a full-time job on the side, and I have twin mm -hmm. boys that are six that I watch and, and happily married. So, yeah, um, it's it's a good question. Um, you know, first and foremost, my priority is my family, right? Um, so. Uh, and then goes to my day job and then kind of not to push things aside, but it would be my, like my YouTube channel and television games and everything else. So to answer your question, I am a night owl. <laughs> so once my, my kids go down to sleep, I, that's where I focus and put my, my YouTube hat on, or I'll put my television games hat on or my game on expo hat on. Um, normally this time of year, I'd get really busy with, with planning game on expo, but giving the COVID-19 things are, it's, it's a little challenging to be honest with you. So we're trying to, it might, the event's not till August. So I'm hopeful that by August things will clear up. Um, so I'm just kind of right now I'm putting a hold on that until I know more, to be honest with you. So uh, that opens up more time for uh, Collector Vision Games, which I've been really focusing on working with Sony on the PlayStation 4 uh, port of Curse of the Mayan, as well as with with Microsoft uh, with the, with that port for the Xbox One. Nice, nice. So what would be the hardest struggle from the planning and convention side of things, COVID-19 aside? What What's something that, you know, the, the casual person that, you know, attends these type of things doesn't you know, realize it, is going on at the back end. It's a lot of work. I mean, we're going year six for this. And 
Uh, I think marketing is probably the toughest thing, although that's what I do for my day job. I'm a marketing director, so that helps a lot, uh, just given my, my background. But uh, letting people know about it, uh, obviously, uh, is going to be really important. I think offering an experience, right? So, you know, with Game On, it's a little bit different than, than a lot of other shows in the sense that it's not just geared for retro gamers, but also has an esports element to it. It has an anime element to it, live music. So there's something for everyone, right? So our goal at Game On Expo is to provide a family-friendly experience. We don't just want a, a swap meet where you can just go and, and buy games. That's that's cool and mm -hmm. fine, but we want something interactive where people can go to tournaments and do that, and or they can uh, live music or go to an auction. So uh, whether you know our core demographic, to be honest, is probably the, the casual gamer. I mean, we have things for the hardcore gamers, certainly, uh, but we want to reach out to the soccer moms and those kids and the families because let's face it, you know, 85 to 90 percent of the gamers out there are probably casual gamers, you know. Um, and I think if you can get those people in there, that's going to be key. Absolutely. Just trying to be all inclusive and trying to broaden your all inclusive. As much yeah, as we don't we don't want a situation mm -hmm. people feel like unwelcome or or uncomfortable. We want something to have fun. And on the same note, you know, we want people who are hardcore gamers. because We don't want to forget about those guys, certainly or gals. And we want them to mm -hmm. have fun, too. Excellent. With the TurboGrafx-16. <laughs> I knew with, he was going to... You gonna... know, TurboGrafx-16 with big, big, you know, neon sign up front, for sure. I knew he was. We might change it to <laughs> Game on Expo TurboGrafx-16 Expo. Is I think yeah. I'm sorry. There we about go. Changing, <laughs> go! <you know. laughs> it just rolls right off the tongue. It just rolls. It just rolls so nicely off the tongue, for sure. So, so we're, getting a, we're getting a lot of great comments here in the chat room. Somebody actually said that uh, my uh, gentleman's name is My Family. That's the name that he said. Wow, this is one of the most interesting guests I've seen on the show. I'm very impressed. So kudos oh, to you, you there, John. Family. Thank you. Thank you. So now, John, how long have you been doing the uh, the, the gaming expos for? 2015 was the first year. So we're going on year 16. So for the first how, two years, how, we're, we were – go ahead. I was saying, and, and how has it expanded? How, how, from when it started in 15 – how much has it yeah. expanded out from there? Uh, you know, first year, uh, we had maybe like 1,500 people, 2,000 people. And this past year, we had close to 10,000 people. So it's, it's really, wow, it's really wow. grown. Wow. Um, and, and so trying to, you know, we get growing pains like anything else when you expand fast like that. So just trying to uh, make sure that, you know, with that many people uh, that we have enough space, that we have enough content, you know, uh, I, you know, shout out to my support team. I certainly don't do this myself, right? I mean, I need support. So we have an amazing crew that work uh, tirelessly to, to make sure that we put a great event on for everyone. That's insane. P let's hope this year. Let's hope this year makes it. Uh, yes. Amen to that, man. And that's, in, that's that. in Arizona, right? It's in Arizona. Yeah. Uh, August, which I know is everyone's like, oh, it's super hot. But, you know, we do have a thing called AC uh, here, <laughs> which is helpful. Uh, so it's not, it's not like it's an outdoor thing. Um, you know, so initially we, we did it because, you know, during this, the wintertime and, and springtime, that's, those are really heavily booked things this time of year, you know, in Phoenix. So things can get really expensive to book hotels and everything like that. So that's why we do it in August to try to save some money. Um, but so far, it hasn't really uh, affected people going to the show at all, which has been grateful. But, you know, my, my heart goes out to shows like Portland Retro Gaming Expo, which I know they, they canceled their show this year, Midwest Gaming Classic. Uh, there's so many good shows out there that, that, that have been put on hold because of this, this virus. And I realize in the grand scheme of things, you know, um, there's more things to worry about people's health. And I totally understand that, but my heart still goes out to, to these showrunners. It's, it's hard. It's very hard. Well, it is cause a lot of, a lot of time gets put into getting it ready and then for it to yep. flop yeah. out like that. I, I agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So 
again, I'm hopeful that maybe by the end of May we'll have some more clarity as far as what's going on with with the certain situation. You know, with COVID nineteen, hopefully things will start. Uh, you know, let's put it this way: if things are still this way in August, then we got some bigger issues going on. You know, yeah, like, really. <laughs> our, our, you know, that's at least of our issues. You know, so yep, that's why our only games are in the bunker. They're all safe down yeah. here. Right. From the apocalypse. All here. Absolutely. <laughs> For sure. So what arcades, I saw Sabo was in the chat room. And he said that he was, he helped with the graphics on one of your arcade systems. If I'm, if I'm understanding him correctly, what, what's, really? what, what, um, unless he was talking to somebody else, but I thought he said he helped with one of John's arcades. So you, unless there's another guy named John in the chat room that I kind of caught it. Interesting. Off, off. I wonder what, ask what game he's referring to. Maybe it was my, I don't know. I'm curious what he's referring to. Okay. John's but, got a uh, couple. Well, I know John's got a big heart for Donkey Kong. I know he's got a Donkey Kong cabinet there. Do you really? I do have a Donkey Kong. I have a Donkey Kong cabinet, yeah. And I have uh, D2K built into that as well. So I got a comic, comic two in one. Um, let's see. I have uh, Star Wars is my favorite. The Atari Star Wars arcade. Uh, the Vector Graphics one, 1983. I have one of those. That's probably my favorite one for sure. A Neo Geo. Um I remember the Neo yeah. Geo one. That was the bowling alley. The only place I ever saw a Neo Geo arcade was the Big bowling alley. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Several years ago, my church, That's they had a couple arcades. Yeah. Several years ago, I was at, my church had a couple arcades, and they were actually going to put them, uh, give them away for bulk pickup for the city to pick up. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Whoa. And so, so they ended up giving me, I, I ended up giving them like 20 bucks for each because that's, you know, that's all I had on me at the time as far as uh, cash goes. Uh, I picked up, uh, uh, Simpsons Arcade, four-player Simpsons, nice. and uh, oh. uh, NBA Jam TE, four-player, and they both look great. I paid like 40 bucks for both of them combined. It was crazy. Now, what, it was crazy what year deal. was this, John? John, what year was this? Do you remember? Uh, probably two, three years ago. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, oh, good for you. Good for you. That's all I can say. And save us. Yeah, they're, they're just going to dump them. I'm like, what are you guys doing? So I, I give them enough money to, to, you know, basically transport to my house down the street, and we're good to go. They, wait, they, wait, they delivered them to you too? Oh, yeah, they delivered. To oh them, yeah. my goodness! What a happy accident, man! That's awesome. Yeah, it was. I felt like winning the lottery, John, man. It was awesome. John, what, this, what are those guys doing with those big boxes, John? Oh, nothing, honey. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm running out of room in my house for for these because they take up space, as you guys know. So. Yeah. Well, you got two 200- hundred. Uh, consoles that probably line the one wall like Glenn's there. Wait, I gotta ask. Yeah. Do you have them in plastic baggies too, like like he does? I I don't, <laughs> but I don't have them in plastic baggies. Do uh, I do dust them weekly and make sure they're in good shape? So <laughs> I I was watching. I hate dusting. My wife put on the show during the week. A- Adrian Monk, and immediately I thought of Glenn with his with his arcade stuff, putting things in the baggies yep. and having to wrap them and put them on the shelf and. Well, another thing you got to do when you Jeez. put them in baggies, you got to suck the air out. You got to suck the air out. You got to okay. vacuum. vacuum. You do. <laughs> You're doing that nice. with a straw? Or... I'm <laughs> doing it with a straw. That is correct. Wow. So, so uh, Sabo says uh, um, Sydney Hunter was the one that he helped with the graphics on, apparently. Oh, okay. Right on. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, for the arcade. Okay. Yeah, so that's uh, currently at, that's a one-of-a-kind custom arcade. Uh, that's place called starfighters arcades here in, in mesa arizona locally i have it on display there people can play it and enjoy it um so yeah that, thank you for the help on that that's awesome that's pretty cool so you actually have it yeah. set up as an arcade game and you have it in a location that people can play it 
yeah let me see if i can send you a picture of what it looks like here if i can look at yeah, it or not um that'd be cool yeah we, we created uh, a one-of-a-kind arcade it plays it's a pc but it, you know it plays like an arcade you got joysticks and buttons and everything so i know we, we, did, we, a, we did a press cabinet or was it a donor cabinet press cabinet guy uh guy cut it i mean this guy amazing um he did i have a ducktales cabinet too he did the same thing he, he basically uh cut everything by by scratch by hand uh it's pretty amazing. I'll send you guys some pictures. Yeah, that'd be cool. So I, I was I was messing with John a little bit before the show and pre-show, and I was like, I had a bone to pick with him because I see everything on his site except for a Sega Genesis cartridge. So I wanted to kind of ask this on, on live only because of this. Is it difficult to remake these in the fact of the Sega Genesis is kind of like a harder one to port, or is it just because it fits better on some of these other consoles how does that work because i mean a lot of these guys they don't know just like i don't yeah, know is, so it, is it difficult it's a great question i'm not a programmer so i would you know i'm not the right guy to ask but you know from my understanding the same guy who did the super nintendo port is doing the genesis port right but he's got a lot of other games he's working on for us at the same time so i know that's a kind of been put on the back burner to be honest with you but we are okay. working on a uh, caverns of death port of the game uh, and it should be out if not this this year, early next year. I just wasn't sure if it was something like an iPhone versus Android because a lot of times things get on the iPhone and iPads and everything and not so much on Android because there's yeah. so many different versions of Android, Glenn, um, that you can't really develop for stuff like it's that. It makes it difficult. Have options than not. All right, here we go at games. <laughs> Got to have options. But, yeah, so uh, I know the Super Nintendo for us has been the most challenging platform to program for. Wow. Uh, you don't see many new homebrew games for a reason for that platform because it's just there's not many tools out there available. Like with NES, you see a ton of homebrews, right? Where uh, Super Nintendo was not as developed. And you think it'd be, oh, it's more advanced. You think it'd be easier to program. But there's actually more limitations right now on the Super Nintendo than there is for the NES. Wow. So big sprites being one of them. Like we created a really cool lava boss for Caverns of Death, right? Like huge, took up like two thirds of the screen. And it, you, it wasn't programmable for the Super Nintendo. So what we ended up doing was we ended up putting in the Caverns of uh, Curse of the Mayan game for modern platforms. So we just recycled them. That's good, at least. Is there any yeah. is there any plans maybe to do even a Nintendo sixty four now that you guys kind of got the the Super Nintendo down or anything like that? Nothing in the works for for that. To be honest, um, uh, yeah, but good question. I don't. We don't have any plans for it right now. Cool. Has there been a we actually need a port. port. You guys we need to tried... send the port for. I'm oh, sorry, Doug. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna ask: Has there been a console port that you guys tried and started with, and kind of realized maybe you bit off more than you could chew? Whether it be, you know, programming or it just didn't have enough support. You know, was there something that you guys had started and had to back away from because of limitations, whether it be physical or you know even legal? Uh, Super Nintendo was definitely one of them. We had a game called. Uh, Shovel, tiny night no, i was about to say shovel night but it was tidy night uh and that project's been on hold because what we wanted to do for that just not not able to do it with the programming limitations um but for the most part we've gotten really we've gotten really lucky we've got really pro, uh, skilled programmers and you know when there's a will there's a way so we usually find a way around it so awesome all and right how do i send pictures really and... it was much better than my question that was an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> How do I send pictures in this chat? Uh, is there a way to do that? If you if you actually just put it in the if you're in the YouTube chat, if you um, 
or you could send it to Glenn on Facebook, and if Glenn can send it to me, mm. I don't know because I don't know okay. if you and I are friends. That I sent a I'm request. I'm always the middleman. Well, <laughs> okay, I'm, Glenn, trying, I'm, gonna send you right I'm now. trying. Look, I got I got you on one side. I got Doug on the other side. I am the, Listen, the pinnacle of a middleman. Do you know why? Do you know why we do that? <laughs> it takes Doug and I to contain you sometimes, especially when yep. we start talking about Star Wars. <laughs> you get people mad at us. Oh well, I listen. We we yeah. we could talk about that later too. We got John here, man. So I'm I'm yeah. all set to get on the Star Wars. Oh, here we anyway. go. All right, Glenn. I, I just sent you some pictures of uh, the Sydney Hunter yes. arcade cabinet. I just sent, but th- these were designed by Sam. He lives in in Colorado, Denver. I think he moved to SoCal. A uh, good friend of mine, and he does these all from scratch. It's amazing uh, what he does. You'll see the the detail here. It's it's pretty amazing. Actually, I'm, I, this is really good. I wish you guys could see it right now. This thing's actually pretty cool. <laughs> Well, if you send it to me, I can pull it's it up really on the nice. screen so everybody can see it. I'm working on it. From well, that's right. That's right. Wait, he has a, a nice job here. He has a PC. I think I've seen it. Because, was it made by Rewind by Design? Yes. Rewind by Design, okay. Sam. Yep. Yeah. He's made oh, a see, Zelda, see, a DuckTales. Doug's seen it. You don't, you don't need to see it. Yeah, it's no, it's great. You need to you need to see it because this guy does amazing work. If you if you're yeah, not the familiar, I end up buying from him as well. I'll send you a picture. See if I can look up a picture of that too. I'll show you. Uh, the DuckTales turned out really well too. And that just plays using the NES console. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, he, he, he has created some amazing works. Like I said, Zelda, I think I've seen an, an Oregon Trail one from him. They all have that classic, yeah. or at least the ones I've seen all have that classic Nintendo arcade shape. Um, and he right. just goes out of the, just out of this world with the details and little intricacies, the things that he's able to kind of like bring across for these arcade custom builds. Right. <laughs> he Sorry, does all by looking... scratch. It was amazing. Looking mm-hmm. at the chat room there. I know Glenn Glenn has a way. Glenn has a PC, so you know it takes takes a while to, to copy, to paste, mm-hmm. to do all this other stuff instead of drag and drop like you can do on a Mac. So you know, just saying. Just saying, Glenn. <laughs> look at look at Mr. Monk. <laughs> They're there, man. Why is it come on, you have a Mac. Why is it up already? I sent it to you. Where where did you send it last week? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you should definitely have it already. What did you do? Send it snail mail? <laughs> All right, Glenn, I sent you another one too here. All right, so oh. here they come. They, yeah. they, they just kind of cruised in there. So this is the... <laughs> That's the Sydney Hunter Curse, uh, Curse of the Mayan, uh, one of a kind arcade. That skull lights up. It's hard to tell in the picture, but it lights up red. Nice. Turn it on. Oh, that's awesome. Oops, got to go the other way. That's There we go. Another shot. That's it. beautiful. Now, John, when you're doing all these ports, to kind of piggyback on the awesome question Doug asked, and I feel bad about it, kind of. Is there is no, there a don't. machine you guys want to port to? I don't. True. Is there a system you did want to port to, and just you know you want to do it, and maybe you will do it eventually? Is there is there a classic system that you know you want to do one on, but you just haven't gotten to it yet? Uh, Turbo Turbo Graphics 16 certainly uh, is one. Um, you know, when my good, one of my good good friends, Kyle, has been working on a City Hunter game that's kind of an exclusive, that's kind of a unique game, and, and he sent me a ROM probably a couple months ago of TurboGrafx-16 to check out, which is cool. So um, I think Neo Geo would be one, a platform we'd love to do, like, a, a game for. Metal you know, Slug. Big, big cartridge. Metal Slug. Uh, and then I think N64 would be a cool one. Uh, I'm not familiar with too much how the, the homebrew scene is for N64. I know there's a lot of the games I've seen, the new ones coming out, are usually... Games that have been like unreleased prototypes that have been like kind of finished, but no, I don't, I'm not aware of any like 
new N64 games to my knowledge. Can you can you port one? I have I have an Atari Pong console. Oh, here can we, we get a go. port for my my. Pong we get a Sydney Hunter Pong. Yeah, we could probably change yes. like the 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 dot to like maybe an S and just call it Sydney, and then just you know we could have like the whips. Nice. You know, I don't know. We could figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> Only Glenn. I had to, you always got to bring that Pong into here. Well, yeah. it's a great it's a great console. It's where it started, my friend. Right it is. Sure. Well, you know, Glenn. I'll tell you what we can do. We can just do like an overlay. Sydney Hunter overlay on your TV, and you can just play Pong, and we'll put like a Sydney Hunter overlay on your oh, TV, and then we'll call it a day. Yeah, I could play even my, my Magnavox Odyssey, the original Odyssey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, perfect. perfect. Nice. <laughs> Don't encourage the guy, will you? <laughs> so but let it's me. True. John said he was going to make it. He did. I have a... <laughs> Let's let's do this real quick, and we'll get back to this. So, guys, I know you all have been asking about the shirts and everything. We finally got something set up we've got um cups and everything else coming for i have a company working on that right now but if you go over to the techbuzz.net slash store you can see the the really cool non punch in the face mike tyson picture of glenn on on the front of the shirt <laughs> as glenn made me change that like 50 times till we found a, a a shirt or a picture of him for the shirt that looked really good um i will tell you coming up here in i think this weekend or it's next weekend. One of the weekends. Those are cool. They're going to be on sale. Thank you. Um, you guys can get it the front and back. Uh, so if you want to get them, you can get whatever color you want and just change it here. I actually like that one. Doug, I think you got the green one, didn't you? Yeah, I did. That one, yeah. That's yeah. the one I went with. Yeah. It, I got... Is that like uh, Arch Rivals marquee kind of? It's hard to see on the. No, so it says the Retro Buzz right on the marquee. I know, but like design kind of looks like Arch Rivals a little bit. Oh, yeah. It was that intent? No? No? It's cool. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, the font we, font definitely leads it. I, just, I see what you're saying there, Don. Yeah. There's no plagiarism here. No, there's no plagiarism. <laughs> I just noticed something, though, too, that um, Glenn is also in the middle on that one because he wanted to be front and center because his logo so big. He wanted it like – this was his requirements. Yep, he had right. to have it right there. Oh, yeah. and, we, look, every, you signed the contract. Week, I didn't say yeah, you signed the contract. Say. You signed the contract. You got to abide by the contract. <sighs> Every week before the now, show Michael starts, read it. Glenn sends us his writer with this list of demands <laughs> and everything, and we have to get in the show. Special sparkling water. Yeah. You know how hard it is to get water, bottled water, sparkling at this time to get to Glenn? <laughs> yeah. Hey, again, you should have read the fine details. You just don't sign everything without reading it. Don't be like Cartman on, you know, um, <laughs> South Park. you got to read. Oh, Kyle, you got to read. The Terms and conditions. At least yep. he didn't say toilet That's paper. I mean, we would have been yep. in trouble if he if he would have demanded that. But, anyways, guys, you can go check that out. We've got we've got some cool um, cups like this coming. They're not going to be camo, but they'll have. This is my other brand. Uh, but you will they'll they'll have these nice uh, Yeti like cups that'll have um, the retro buzz on it that you guys can get. Very inexpensive. The company that I work with because they they partner with me for some of the other outdoor stuff that I do, uh, hunting and fishing that uh, makes some really good stuff. So. That's coming, so you guys will be able to get that. Um, I think they're like 16 bucks or something. I mean, you guys know, if anybody's familiar with Yeti, Yeti is like expensive, and this does the same thing. It does the same thing, because I have a Yeti cooler, and I have one from this company, and they both hold ice the same amount of time, except one. I think you guys should do like a a branded toilet paper roll and make it like a sandpaper toilet paper, you know, like (laughs) so that, you know. There you go. Like sandpaper. I think it would really do well. 
Yes, Custom there's black shirts. Well, I'm sure they'll put my face on it. Well, oh, well that was the idea. Here we go. That's yeah. the idea. I mean, if anyone's going going on, we we you know we assume you want your logo on it front and center. So wait a second. Yeah, of we course, go. we could we could put it on with Glenn without his hat and say, "Look, you can use this and put hair on Glenn every time you go to the bathroom." Oh, oh that's that's, maybe that's too cold, much. Man. That's, that's cold. too much. You thought it was funny though. <laughs> no, I have a serious I have a serious question. No more of this poop talk. No okay. More, get out of the right. toilet. Right. I, I want to ask John. I, I I've known for a while that you know ColecoVision is his favorite like console. But what I guess aside from the ColecoVision, what's his most rare favorite console that he has? 3DO. That was at the Panasonic, Gold Star, Sanyo. Which the, one? Well, I, I I have all three versions of the 3DO. In my oh, see, guys, I just. <laughs> <made them. laughs> But I, I, you know, I probably play the gold. I probably play uh, Panasonic the one the most, the one that opens up the tray out, the first model. Right, the original. Um, yeah, yeah. F- I was F-Z playing that one. the other day actually. Um, just there's so many good games for. It. I mean, there's a lot of not good games for it. Don't get me wrong, but there's there's some good games. Crash and Burns, really fun racing game. Um, Gex. Yeah, Gex, another good one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Street Fighter is another good port. Street Fighter Two, that is. Um, yeah, there's some, so there's some good ones. And what's good about that one, guys, there's no copy protection on it. So uh, right. basically, to get a, a disc, you can, you can play it on it. And as a matter of fact, I'm hoping it. we'll have Trip Hawkins on, on an episode uh, this year. So I'm working out those. He's got a yeah. contract. You think I got a contract with you two? Wait to see what I got to go through for Trip Hawkins. I'm glad yeah. you're handling that right. one. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> but well, question but for you I'm guys. Kinda, I'm, Glenn, I'm in your corner. I like the Turbo Graphics. It's a lot of fun, too, man. It's a great, great console <sighs> overlook. Um, but so is the Saturn. So, you know, just want to throw it out there. I like the Saturn, too. What, now, what did you feel about the 32X? That was a good, uh, the 32X, that's a good question. I, for, for me, I, um, you know, I, the games that stick out for me are like the Star Wars, you know, arcade. I really like that one. Um, but I could never, growing up, I could never get mine to work like a Tatch Right because you had those metal slats you had to put into, <laughs> you know, timeout. Yeah. And it was just yeah. a those, pain those in the Those prongs ass. are the biggest mm, yeah, finger trap. Right. Get in. Finger trap. Yeah, right, right. So like when I, when I could get else. mine to work, uh, it was great. I enjoyed it. But, you know, it's just one of those situations, as you guys are aware, that uh, Sega of America really wasn't communicating well, very well with Sega Japan. And, you know, it just, uh, they burned a lot of bridges. Um, that's why the, the Saturn, I think, got over, or not the Saturn, yeah, the Saturn got overlooked when it came out, you know, right. so. Well, actually, I think of Sega of America and Japan were talking just fine. Just America was like, we're not having this. And Japan's like, yes, you are. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> okay, fine. We'll market it. Great, we'll do a great job, yeah. guys. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I do. You know, I was playing uh, the 32X the other day, and I, uh, NBA Jam is actually a pretty good port uh, for the 32X. If you guys ever played that, pretty good yeah. home port. Um, and you know what I found interesting on that, John? Because yeah. in, in that type of game, they're scaling. You know, the 32X has a lot of games of scaling and zoom. Right. I right. didn't realize that there was that there was zero hardware scaling and zoom. It's all done through software on that machine. I never knew that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like virtual uh, virtual fighter, I mean that all scales and zooms. That's interesting. Yeah, huh? Yeah, the the Sega CD added scaling and hardware zoom for the Genesis, but the 32X. Right. If you look up the specs, there is no scaling or zoom in hardware. It's all software coded. So, uh, I mean, there's it, a lot of it, like you said, and it works really well. It's really interesting that they didn't put it in there. Yeah, someone mentioned in the chat Need for Speed for the 3DO was really good too. You guys need to check that out. Oh, oh, that's the first one. That was the very first one. first one. That was great. 
Somebody also and, uh, said, of course, Road Rash. Somebody also said the Sega CDs. Um, Shelton in uh, Facebook chat said that they also didn't have copy protection on their CDs as well. Correct. I think Correct. most CD uh, platforms back in the day probably did not, right? I mean, <laughs> they weren't. Worried they didn't about need it because yeah. remember, yeah. look at when these it. machines were released. When these machines were released, CDRs in the home were were way, Years away, way, yeah. way too much money. Right. You know, it's way expensive. Right. So there was no right. worry about it. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> they came out. Oops. <laughs> well, something that's really sad is there's, there's a thing called you know CD rot, right? It's going to happen, and a lot of these CDs yeah. are getting rotted. It's going to to a point where you can't play these games anymore. Um, so right. I think it is good. I don't want to uh, endorse uh, piracy by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it is good that people are preserving these games, whether it's through emulation or what have you, because right. you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now, we may not be able to play these CDs anymore, you know, because there's going right. to be CD rot. So um, it, it's something to be aware of. Well, that's. And John, I... we were talking about it the other week, like what you have with the ColecoVision mm -hmm. Phoenix. It's an right. FPGA. We just talked about this. Yep. As much as we love. The original consoles. There is going to come a day. There is where they're not going to work. And emulation is right. software. But with the with your Phoenix, that's not emulation. That's recreation. You're recreating right. the hardware. And that's right. I think ultimately the future for our well, our what we like enjoying. It's going to be that. Right. Well, even Ooh, another good one is Road Rash for the 3DO. Someone just oh, mentioned that yeah. too, Mike. Shout out to Mike. Yeah, another good one. Love me some Road Rash. But I do that even yeah. with my my Sega Saturn games. I I copy them mm -hmm. and I use the burn copy to play rather than destroying yeah. that. But I know what you're saying, the, the CD rot, right? But what about the turbo yeah. graphics? Since you were you were bringing that up, how you can't you can't back those things up? Well, you right. can, but I, I will say, like right here, this is my copy from uh, Japan of Ease Four, and they did have something interesting on here. They have one audio track. And then they have a data track and then more audio tracks. They broke them up in such a way that it's very difficult to copy. But with that being said, it is not impossible. Well, what about the card? Uh, what about the cards, Glenn? The actual, the, well, the, the cue cards. That you can 3D in. print them. People really? Print them. You can 3D wow. print them. Oh, yes. Yep. That's yeah. impressive. And then you go over here. Yeah. There is my burned copy, which does work. There is no <laughs> copy protection on it per se, but this is... The original game was only in Japanese, Japanese text and Japanese speech. So there's no way to play this game in the States until someone did a patch. So you had to, it was not easy. You had to go through a lot, but I was able to burn a copy that has English text. And this is a fantastic game. And, and you got to play this game as well. But um, you're right. There are, people can 3D print now shells, even for the um, cue cards. Where do you get the chips cool. then to go, to go inside of it? Like... I mean, it's not just. Well, that'll be that'll be John and Collector Vision making FPGA cartridges. That'll be coming <laughs> in 2026. There you go, John. You guys want to invest? We'll, we'll, we'll start taking investors. Um, <laughs> Glenn, I was playing. You'd appreciate this. I was playing uh, on the Turbo Graphics 16 CD uh, Rondo of Blood, the Castlevania. Um, oh yes, love... great game. And that's on the mini. That's on the mini. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just love the intro. The German with. Uh, <laughs> I mean. It's so cool. Uh, that great Castlevania game, really good game. In fact, in fact, it's still considered the definitive version. Of course, they've had other versions that have surpassed it. Sure. But sure. you know, they still say that the NES, you know, SNES, the Sega Genesis, the TurboGrafx-16 was the definitive, you know, version of Castlevania. Of course, it was a CD, so it had some advantages. But it's a fantastic yeah. game, and thankfully, it is on the mini, so you guys can play it. Hooray! Have you? 
Have you guys messed around with any of the MSU, what people are doing with the Super Nintendo games? You guys know what I'm talking about? Actually, I don't. Oh, yeah. So people have taken these games and enhanced the audio quality of these these okay. games. So they'll take a ROM of the game and they'll increase the audio. So like, I'll send you some examples of some video footage, but um, there's like, let me see if I can send you a YouTube channel link, but you can play like Zelda for the uh, Link of the Past. And there's whole like, uh, full video cartoon with audio CD quality. It's it's Ooh. like mind blowing what people are doing with these games. It's really cool. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zelda's my jam. So that uh, yeah, I know it's, it's that exists. It's, 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 it's like that it totally uh, changes the way you look at these games. And it's cool. You can play these games on if you have like a flash card, You can play them on your hardware. Um, hold on, and it plays through the hardware, which is cool. Even so. better. I'm glad I went and bought the most expensive, rarest systems first, because now I can go back and just pick up Nintendo 64, uh, Super oh, you Nintendo. Say that, but like, you haven't really started getting in those really obscure consoles yet, so it's like, right. well, well I'm, still, I'm still looking for the Neo Geo. John, still looking John, for the Neo. even is such a new, he doesn't even know. He, he speaks, <laughs> does not know. All right, uh, Glenn, I'm going to send you another link here uh, through Facebook. Right. Wait, so I had some of these consoles growing up, but like the rest of everybody else, we sold them because <laughs> we didn't know anything. Um, yeah, didn't know any better. Yeah, but I'm, I'm I, I sold my consoles to upgrade to the next console because I was poor and that was the only way I was going to get the new there consoles. There you go. So. Yep. Now I hold on to everything. Absolutely. We'll pull this up and right, then we're going to have to, we're gonna have to wrap yeah. the actual show, but then we'll go into post show here. So, cool. it's, you should have so once we get it, um, I'm going to pull it up here. Glenn sent it to me here. So John, let me ask you something else. Did you, do you have an original working NTEX Adventure Vision? Because that's another Holy Grail console. Do you have one of those in your collection? Uh, I do not. Um, I have, my buddy sent me one. I did a video on it. Um, I don't have it. That was an attachment, correct? It was like an attachment to. No, was there was that standalone. The... Antex with nineteen. God, was it nineteen? Oh no, I don't have that. No, yeah, I know what you're talking about. No, I don't have that. I do not have that. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I don't have that. So this is normal. Uh, turn the audio. Can you do the audio? Uh, we can't pump the audio through. Okay. Okay. Not, not, a, not on this. But you guys can. Uh, but we can post the visually link. see. We can share the link. We can share the link out. Mm-hmm. Every time we post audio, so, that's why I never wired it up. We get nailed on YouTube. You can yeah. fast forward it a little bit. Okay. Maybe. About there. Oh, maybe. Oh, no. Maybe you did too much. Oh, too much. I uh, go back. You gotta do the intro. It's not that I sent you the right link. Like that? Go to like. Okay, go to like the four minute mark, like the three minute mark. Oh, three minute mark? Sorry. Yeah, that's the three minute, four minute mark. Come on, man. I'm working on it. I'm working <laughs> on it. Calm down. And keep in mind, the audio is incredible too. But yeah, this is what. So are they, are they just recoding the audio or are they enhancing the... No, this is all now? new voiceovers, their voice actors and everything. Wow. Look at this. This would have blown people's minds if it would have been on the original cart. And this this is playing on the Super Nintendo hardware, which is incredible too. Even more impressive. Wow. Yeah, pretty mind-blowing. <laughs> So it's really cool what people are doing. Yeah. That's that's dedication for sure. Right. 
Interesting. It's like a little cartoon. A little cartoon. It's like an anime, yeah. 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 As long as, and it's as not long as bad as the, the it, it's not as bad for the CDI, right? It's not as bad as the CDI version. <laughs> <laughs> the voice acting is much better than the CDI versions, trust me. Yeah. <laughs> the CDI versions are so bad, you got to see it because it is yeah, so, yeah, bad, so bad. You can't, good. You're, you're zoned in on it, you can't get away from it. Yeah. Well, John, we have to wrap up this portion of the show, the actual podcast slash video cast of the show. So, any parting words for everybody? And uh, we really appreciate well, you keeping it's, on. It's been amazing being on, being on the show, guys. I appreciate being the guest. And, and when, I know it took a while to get connected, so I appreciate your guys' patience in that regard. But it's been fun. I hope you guys stay safe. And, and thanks again for having me. It's been fun. Absolutely. So, make sure you guys go check him out, Gamester81 at, uh, on YouTube, uh, his website. And uh, check out the games. He's got some great games there. And also, Doug, we tried today. We really did. but We did. Um, you know, support your local Sega Genesis enthusiasts. That's all I can say. Um, there's, there's a lot of people trying to say negative things about it. Smear campaign 20, 30 years too late. But uh, um, we, cooler heads will prevail. Smarter, smarter people will know the truth. Uh, the truth is out there and all that stuff. But no, thanks. Thanks for John coming on. And I really hope this COVID-19 stuff kind of clears out for everybody's sake, but mainly for yours. Cause I know there's a lot of people really looking forward to the game on expo. So I really hope that. Thanks guys. Zip Thank you. Move forward. Make yeah, sure you guys... you guys get you out the game on. It'd be fun to have you guys out too. Absolutely. Yeah, that'd be cool. Make sure you check them out. YouTube.com slash cool toy. And this guy, I, I hate to even cut over to him, but I'm going to do it. He's over here <laughs> caressing his turbo graphic 16 in CD. Glenn, I hope somebody See, calls God up in post show. I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I like it too, but Mr. Glenn Planamento, <laughs> check him out youtube.com slash Glenn's Retro Show. Um, any update real quick before we have to wrap this on your controller situation, obviously with, with the COVID. Um, any word that it's being de de delayed, deployed anytime soon? Um, I know China's pretty much back to full force. Yeah, well, first, I want to thank uh, John, obviously, for coming on. Uh, John, don't worry about it. I was going with him for a long time back and forth. He's very busy. I'm just very thankful he spent some time with us today. John, thank you. Of and course. as far as the the uh, the yoke controller, right now, everything's still on schedule. We're still shooting for uh, okay. July. Uh, we I just did an update uh, a couple days ago that uh, we've got the new uh, casing design, uh, which is much more accurate to the original Star Wars controller. We've also got the uh, the mouse mode working, so you can do an analog joystick mode or a mouse mode that is working very well. And everything so far is going pretty good. Can't complain, other than the people are complaining about the COVID, and I can't can't blame them on that one either. I will say again, real two things real quick. I got to say two things real quick. One, people don't think because you feel okay, you can just do whatever you want. Please, if you can stay home, stay home. I work for a hospital system, and I'm telling you right now, it's been crazy. We've got to try and keep it down as best we can. If you can stay home, stay home, go buy some collector vision games, do a digital download, play <laughs> on your Switch, whatever you want to do, but please stay home. That's number one. Number two, I'm hoping John, before he leaves, will agree with me that episodes four, five, and six were great. One, two, and three were okay, but then seven, eight, nine were kind of like sticking at no, 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 no. Don't say nothing, John, until we get the post show because that's. Yeah. Listen, guys. That's a whole other thing. That's a whole. Listen, we're gonna hold that. We're gonna make sure John doesn't say anything until post show because look, you want to see, you want to hear the response. You gotta be here for the show. 
and be there for post show. We're gonna have a bunch of people call cool. in. Glenn, one other, whatever, anything else that you have before? Just read this honestly. All joking aside, please be safe. Please be conscious. Keep six feet away from people if you can. If you have a mask, use it. If you do have to go out, uh, just because someone looks fine, they still could be a carrier and infect someone else that you know and love. And this stuff is dangerous. People may say it's like the flu. It is not. It is much worse than the flu. Please be yeah. careful. Yes. True. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see you next week for more of the Retro Buzz. You can check everything out on the web. Go subscribe to the podcast everywhere your favorite podcast is at, both audio and video. We'll see you next week. <laughs>